When we find Muhammad in the world, we find battles being fought. So when we meant to know that is it something which might be significant? When you know, I think it's a fight between different game and uh, something local and not necessarily something which is going to make an effect on any on Asqla Israel. And obviously this is the Haktama that there have been many battles before. There have been many major conflicts before and they've begun however they've begun. And they've ended however they've ended and uh, none of them have necessarily been harbingers of the good. So what are the factors which make something something which we should look more closely to than just the regional conflict? I mean, at any given stage in the world, there have been any amount of wars happening, whether it's in various forgotten places in Africa, or it's uh, localized things between Croatia and Serbia, or things like that, and no one makes a big deal out of it. So when do we look at a war as being something which is potentially more significant, and why should it be like that? So, that's not what Chazal. It's a Gemara in the Hadron, and the Gemara says, Imra'isa Malchius, Shemizkaris Zubuzu, Tzapeh Lerach Shlomashiach. If you see Malchius, different countries, who Mizkaris Zubuzu, which means who, doesn't say Nilchomoy Zubuzu, Lashon Mizkaris is like a Giro, he is trying to like, so to speak, work somebody up, he's trying to set like a bait to entice somebody to go to fight. So if you see countries say searching for a pretext to fight. Why? The morale explains like this. The morale explains sometimes the fight is because it's very clear what they're fighting about. Whether it's uh, pride or it's territory or whatever it is. Sometimes it's clear that what the reason for the, uh, the, the fight is. But when there's no clear reason what they're fighting about. It's a, a case of Malchus Shemizgaris which means they're goading each other to fight. So where's it coming from? So the morale says like this. The morale says we know that each of the Omois has a siren shaman. And we know that in some way, either directly or indirectly, uh, what the nation does here is influenced by, by its by tsar. Not because they have Navo, but there's a certain subliminal influence he explains of the tsar's effect on the nation. And he says, therefore, when the, everything in Shemaim is calm, so the sire is also at ease, and the people here feel like they're, they're happy, they're, they're calm as well. But when there's a certain unease in Shemaim, the Sarim are feel threatened, then it means that the country here feels threatened too. Now, if that's the case, if there's a direct, direct reason why they're threatened, then we can blame it on physical circumstances. We can say this was the problem, this is why this country was, went to battle. Okay, so it could, have been, it could have begun from here. It could have been a physically motivated thing here in this world. But we don't see a reason here. And you see that countries are looking to fight without a clear reason what they're looking to fight for, or what they're looking to fight about. So the morale explains, you must understand, that it's because there's a certain sense of fear, or a certain sense of unease, which isn't coming from something which happens here. Nothing happens here. It's coming from Shemaim. It's coming because the Sar feels like that. And why would Sarim in Shemaim feel threatened? Right? Because something's going to change in the world. And the Sarim can see it before us. Obviously, on a level of malachim, they can be aware of these things before people can be aware of it here. And therefore, if you see that the result of that sort of certain shift, which there is in Shemaim, is that nations here are looking to fight without a clear reason why, 
Understand it's because there's a, there's a change taking place in Shemayim. Now, there could be a number of changes that take place in Shemayim. It doesn't mean that necessarily just because something is changing, the Sheikh is going to come. It's an option, but it's not the only option. And that's why the Gemara says, if you see the Malchus, which are Muscari, Zubazu, Tzapeh, you should hope for Mashiach, because that could be the reason. But there could be other reasons too. Why? Because, like we see in Sokim and the Navi of Daniel, you basically look it up, that whenever there's a change in the balance of power in the world, the story will get up, all, all you know, start getting on edge. Uh, the sorry image might all start getting nervous and you'll see that's why it could be it's going from one Goyish country to a different Goyish country but Lemaise is there is that change of where the Anhog is going and you might it sets the sorry off whether it's going to be in, if you took it recent times uh, major battles there was a shift in the balance of power from one country to another from one nation to a different nation it didn't necessarily bring Mashiach but there was that change which that's how it could be felt by the Sarim coming. And we made it, the countries went to war, again, without good reason. But it was as a prelude to how that balance of power changed. I mean, just one example, which is a very clear example, because there was no real reason to go to war, was the First World War. For two years beforehand, like, just, everyone was just waiting for a reason to fight. They didn't have one, because nothing, nothing really happened. But the, if you look at the, at the journals or the reports of the time, 1912, 1913, 1914, before the First World War, it was just, they were looking for the pretext to launch a war. Uh, eventually, the pretext was that the Archduke of Austria got killed, so then Austria decided to declare war on this one, which made the national clause. And there was just like a domino effect in a few days. Once one, one war started, everyone jumped in. What changed? Well, we can see there's the result. The balance of power shifted from Europe to America. That is very clear. But so it didn't necessarily bring Mashiach, but there was a change in the world afterwards. Things didn't go back the way they were before. So that's what the Gemara means. The Sarim can feel that uh, they're being threatened. The balance of power is going to shift. That's one point. Now, let's talk about the second point, and then the third, we will tie everything together. The second point is, so that's not get to any war which we spoke about, which comes as a result of, there's no clear reason for it. There's no, there wasn't like a direct cause. It's a case of Malchus, which are Muscaris. The second point, which is important to know, is that we know that the Sukkim themselves have foretold of a war before Mashiach comes. And therefore, every war which happens in the world has to be balanced against the possibility, is this, or could this possibly be, the war which Chazal were referring to, or the Psukim were referring to, as the war which precedes Mashiach. Now, a lot of them, we can, wars in world history, even not in retrospect, hindsight, obviously, we can see now they brought Mashiach, but even at the time, we could have told it had nothing to do with Mashiach, because it didn't fulfill any of the factors which are necessary for the war which Chazal say is going to be the war before Mashiach. Where the Chazals, you can look at something up yourself. There's two, two Nevoas in Zachari, Perakid Beis, and Perakid Dalit. There's the Nevoa of Yecheskel, and there's the Gemaras in the three or four places, which, which give us the factors of what's necessary for the Milcham. The war which precedes Mashiach. I would say that it's called Milcham is Goyg and Magog, but that's a bit misleading, because Goyg and Magog, we don't know who they are. And that, that's the word of the Navi. The Navi Yecheskel talks about Goyg and Magog as being the, fight, the, the sides who are fighting in this battle, but it doesn't give us more description of who Goyg and Magog are. And therefore, I'd rather work with the words of Chazal because they're much more clear about um, who the different forces are. Okay, 
So before we try and you can make the connections yourself if you want to the current events, what are the factors which have to be involved? And this is regardless of what we're talking now, we talk, we've given the same share. We learned Ikram two years ago, and that's, uh, the factors stay the same. What do Chazal say has to happen in the war before Mashiach comes? So let's read the Psukim and let's start with them. Number one. The first pasuk in Zechariah, which means it has to be kala amim. It's a war which has to involve the whole world, and therefore something small and localized can't be the mukhamas Number one. Number two, it's clear that the mukhamah will involve from the pasuk will involve Yisrael. The pasuk says that uh, this is the second of in Zechariah. He talks about the b'yayim ba'goygal admas Yisrael. So he's going to come there as Israel, and it's going to affect Yerushalayim. Which was why Agav, the Chafetz Chaim, said that the Second World War is not going to go because it will never get to Israel. When he told the Panovich Rav, even before the war, when he's still alive, that was 1933, which was six years before the war even began, he told the Panovich Rav, there's going to be a major war which will change the whole of Europe. And the Panovich Rav asked him whether it's Israel, and he told him the Pasuk of Israel will be left out of the war, which it was, miraculously, but it was. And therefore, it's clear to the Chavetz that wasn't, like Rabbi Khan Basman also said, before the war even began. He said, this, that the Chavetz is not going to be Gog and Magog, it's going to be a third war after for Gog and Magog, because it's like in Teres Israel. So even though the Second World War did involve most of the countries of the world, so you had the first factor, but you the second one. The second factor has to involve Eretz Israel. Okay, the third factor for Mechemes Koyukumagog, which is only until afterwards, is this meant to end with Mashiach coming. Which means any war which ends without it obviously wasn't. So anyone wants to try and explain somehow in retrospect why wars which have happened beforehand uh, were Koyukumagog, they're wrong. The, 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 the closing battle, the closing scene of the Mechemes Koyukumagog is when Mashiach comes, and again, it's the first Pasuk, it's not to argue about. The, the same Pasuk as Zechariah. And he's going to be the one to end of the battle. That's the third. Now, Ad Khan, the first three factors are from the Psukim. Like I'll say again, you can look it up. Now, what did Chazal add to this? Chazal add two more important points. Two more very important points. Number one, the Gemara says in two different places that it doesn't call the war it calls the war the war between Edom and Paras. And it says clearly in both places that the Muhammad Asilavai is a fight between Adam and Paris. There's a machlaikus between the two Gemaras, and it's two different two different Amirai, of Yud and Rabhana. It's machlaikus between the two Gemaras, who is going to win the war? That's not clear. In one place says Adam's going to win, and the other place says Paris is going to win. So we'll have to be actually that's there in a minute. But firstly it's clear, very clear from the Gemara that who the two fights two sides are going to be. Okay, who's Adam? Who's Paris? What do they mean in today's world? So, before we try and give names of countries of today that uh, could fit into Adam and Paris, yes, again, I'm trying to look only from the eyes of Chazal, everything which we have a source for, before we try and make speculations. What are the conditions we need for Adam and Paris? Number one, they're both, Gemaris and Navarazara, and Malchus Nimsheches, which means you have to look for two countries or two forces who were never overtaken by somebody else. The Gemara says it, that the force of Adam has always been Adam. The force of Paris has always been Paris. It wasn't something new which comes on the scene. There were a force which had always been there. 
which means you have to look for a country which hasn't been overtaken and conquered and achieved independence yet. Something which was an existing force which has been there since the time of Khazar. It is both of them. Both them are Malchus and Shachis. They're going to last from now until time of Shachis. That's the first factor we need. The second factor we need for the the Milchama is explaining the Pasuk in the last Nebuah of Bilam when he's talking about Mashiach. So the Zaira says the Zaira says that the the Milchama won't just be Adam and Paras, which is what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that the Melech Arav will side with Adam against Paras. The king of Arab, which means the king of the Arabs, or of Arabia, will side with Adam against Paris. That's his are. And uh, it's one more important factor to put into the, into the puzzle. Okay, so that's what Chazal tells us. Chazal tells us also that Esau is Adam. That we know it's a Pasuk. And now you have to understand, so if Esau is Adam, of then who is Adam of today? And what factors do we know about who Paras is? What facts do you know about your paralysis? So it's like this. It's clear from most of the fashion, the, the gun and the morale, and seems even the result, that Adam is Christianity. It's not Rome, or it's not a country, it's a religion. The force of Adam is Christianity, and therefore, and Lemaisa, the the, the Christian, so to speak, countries never got conquered by anyone else. They were always Christian countries. So they would fit the factor of being a Malchus and Meshachis, and that would be one force in the war. Who's Paras? is a three-way, a three-way disagreement between Mephoshim. Who's Paras? It's clear to us that Paras is on the east, and Adam's on the west. There's a Makar for that as well. But if you're already putting Paris on the east, who are you referring to? So, the most well-known interpretation is we had Malchus Paris with Mada in the time of the Megiddo. That Paris is in Persia. And if that's the case, the Persians today, which would be, to be today, is Iran, with Paris. Now, the matter is Iran has retained its independence throughout. We, don't, we never find it being conquered by anybody. I mean, they've had their own internal things, but it's always been not under the rulership of anyone else. So Iran is a good candidate for Paras. It's candidate number one, could be. It's definitely the same geographical location where Paras was then, even though geography is not a factor. It depends on the people. It depends on the people. And if the people moved somewhere else, then they would depend on where they are, not necessarily where the, where the place that they used to live. For example, there's somewhere in the world there's a monarch today. They're not roaming the deserts and nomads in the, in the Negev where they used to be. They've moved. But it doesn't make a difference to the location. It makes a difference to the, the nation, wherever they happen to be. Okay, so the first option is Paris is Persia, which is a good, pretty good option. Could be. The second option, which is the Vilnagon Shita, is Paris is Russia. The Vilnagon has in the first. It's Paris is Russia, and he understood that, uh, that uh, Russia is also a country which has never been conquered. I mean, various people, Hitler, Napoleon, others tried, no one ever managed to conquer Russia. So it's also a Malchus Nimshechis. It's also a Malchus Nimshechis. So that's the second option. Paris is Russia. Isn't Russia only like a thousand years old? Are they really Christian? I didn't say they're Christians, I said they're Paris. 
Adam's question. Right. And the third option, yes, surprisingly enough, is Paris is China. Paris is China. That the, the, the Paris went to the Bnei Kedem, which is the Far East, and therefore Paris is now China is also a country which has never been conquered. It's always had its independence, and therefore any of them could be Paris. Russia, if they're Christian, vote. It's not Roman Catholics. It's a different kind of Christianity. They're Greek Orthodox or something else. Okay, so that's the. That's the. They say it's the Far East, the Bnei Kedem. Right. So it means that they cannot become Christian. So no, it means a different force. It's a different path. Now, and now it could be one of them. It could be no one's wrong. It could be that the, 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 the Paris will include all three. Was Russia around at the time of Chazal? I thought Russia was uh, barely like uh, a newer So the people of Paris moved north and ended up in Russia. We don't have a problem with that. Right. If you're going to put the other factor into the equation of the Melech Arav, so, I mean, that we've seen already clearly, that Saudi Arabia has aligned itself with America as opposed to with any of these other three. But So the Melech Arav is also involved in the picture. Okay, now, what that's Adkan, we've just looked at Chazal and what the factors of who Adam is and who Paris is, and the fact that the Asidav, there, will, there will be a war between Adam and Paris. How many wars in history could have been, could have been, uh, looked at from the beginning at least, as a war between Adam and Paris? Now, we're going to rule out both of the first world, both of the world wars. Because it was more a war between Adam and Adam than Adam and Paris. In both wars, Russia only joined the scene later on in the battle for whatever reason. Both times there was Germany against France and England, or Germany against France, England and Poland, whatever, however the play worked, they were all Christian countries. It was an internal European war. It wasn't Russia. Russia in both times was dragged into the war later. One time they lost, one time they won, but that's not the point. There wasn't originally a war against them. And on the contrary, they were working with half the countries of Adam against other countries of Adam. So it wasn't a war of Adam versus Paris, it was a war against Adam versus itself. Which the Gemara says also, the Gemara says in the beginning of the line, that Gemara Adam is very good at making internal battles with itself. Which it does. Okay, so therefore the factors of which other wars did we have, which could have been a war against, of Adam versus Paris, the one war which the Gedalim or some of them at the time actually thought this might be the war was the, was the Napoleon's war against Russia. Because that was basically, it was only against Russia. It was the European countries versus Russia. It wasn't really only against Russia. There were, but more or less, that's the way it worked. And that's why there were good them on each side of the thing who they thought were going to win. Because there were those who held that, like the Gemara said, that Paris will be dead on, and those who held will be Paris. Okay, either way, neither of them were at, but they still didn't bring the good on the country. But uh, there's one more factor. Which is important, and this is the Vilna Gonshita, which is why he never he, he died before Napoleon in the whole war. But Lamassi never thought that Lefihi Shita was not wasn't even an option. And that is in the war between Paras and Rash and Edom, who's going to attack who? Who's going to attack who? The Shita of the Gon was Paris is going to attack Edom, not the other way around. And in all the other wars, basically Edom attacked Paris. They attacked Russia, it wasn't the other way around. And uh, therefore, the Vilna Gaon writes, and this is what people are talking about a lot, because it's been quite a way a lot, that when Russia goes to attack Edom, then that's a sign Mashiach is coming. Because he understood that's Paras fighting Edom. Now, exactly at what stage it's going to be, is it going to be when they invade 
I said this eight years ago when Rashi invited the Crimea that that's going to be whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, again, people said Messiah Ishmi Piish, and so I can't argue with Messiah. I don't know what the Gosal said Ishmi Piish, but what's written in B'shem Lagan at least isn't exactly at what stage, well, which country they have, to, which point they have to get to. There's as you say this river, there's the Constantinople, there's also all kinds of other things B'shem Lagan. The side is that he understood that this is the Muhammad Paras against Adam, and if Paras attacks Adam, that's a sign that it's. Uh, Something more significant in the Milcham. Now, so the factor which is missing is Eretz Israel. Because, like we said, the three factors that the Pasuk already said, it's going to involve all the world, it's going to, it, it's, we have to be between the two sides of Paras and Adam, and it has to, sense, it has to come to Eretz Israel. No, Ukraine is not Christian. Why aren't they both for us? Sorry? Now, therefore, let's, let's finish. Therefore, at this stage, it's true that Russia attacked the Ukraine. Let's say it like this. If that would be the extent of the story, <coughs> and even let's say Russia conquers the Ukraine, that's, that's where it would end. It's a, it's a territorial war between Russia and its neighbors, and not even no lack of like I said, territorial wars between different countries. And if they say China, China will decide to, to conquer Taiwan tomorrow, right? It's also going to do with Mashiach yet, because it's, it's, it's a territorial thing in the in the Far East that doesn't affect Mashiach. But, what you see here, at least the beginning, is of Malchus Mizgar which means everybody's getting involved here. And everyone takes part, everyone's feeling threatened. Not because they need to, not because there's any enough community to them particularly, Right, but Lemay said, like you said, when the Sarim feel uneasy in Shemayim, so everyone feels uneasy here. So you have a Muslim already of Milchamas of Malchus Miskar Zubazum that we have. Where is it going to progress to? So, I'm not a Navi. But let's say like this. I don't know. I'm not a Navi. In order to become Goyga Magoyga, it needs to progress three stages. three stages. Number one. It has to become a milchama, which isn't just between one country and another country. It has to become a milchama, which involves the whole world. It has to become a milchama, which becomes paras against the middle. And it has to come to Eretz Yisrael. That's what we saw from the Pesukim, the three stages needed. Now, how long is this going to last for this one? How long is this going to last for? So I'm going to share with you three more chazals. We don't really have time to finish the parasha, but... This one right now? The war of Gogo Magog. How long is it going to last? The war between paras and Eretz so three different things because I'll say, like I said, we don't have time to explain them all, but let's just put out on the table what, what, what they are. The one is a, a Chazal, that it says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's asked to take his Nakama from Adam in three hours. Which means there will be a certain destruction of Adam in three hours. It's been pointed out before, I'm not the first one to say this, so I think it's Pashat, that no one could understand how you destroy a country in three hours. But however big your army is going to be, it takes time. Right? When now there's nuclear weapons, it's impossible to understand how you can destroy a country in three hours. We say this. In the Hashanahs of Hashanah Rabbah, we say, Hashanah Shalosh Hashanah, which means for those three hours, Hashem should save us. Because there will be those three hours where Hashem destroys Adam. Destroys Adam. Which means there's a possibility. If we're going to talk about... If you're going to talk about something which can destroy a country in three hours, it means Paras has the ability to destroy Adam in three hours. Because uh, the, the come against Adam will be the three hours where Adam gets destroyed. 
Three minutes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more point. <laughs> now, the, one more point I want to add on this, and that is, it's not a chiddush. The Navi Zachary talks about it, and as if you look at the pesukim, the same Navi I said before, he says clearly, This is what Hashem is going to do with them, and he basically says they're going to melt. The person will be standing and he'll melt. Which, what other tool of destruction is there that can melt a person? And it says, the end of Timakna Bukharain, the eyes will disintegrate into their suffering. We don't have conventional warfare that can do that. Not a bullet, not a sword, not even a missile. So he's talking about something like that. Something which disintegrates people. And again, it's a possible. Maybe they didn't understand what, what weapon could do such a thing. So now we know exactly what does such a thing. So it's not a Kiddush. It's not a Kiddush. That's the one point. There's another point. It's just also, Chazal say. That there will be seven months, one gersa, nine months, one different gersa, that Paras will be shut on Israel. Is that at the beginning or the end or the middle? It doesn't say. But it says there will be a period of seven months that, that uh, Paras will be shut on Israel. And like I said, and who's eventually going to win the war is the uh, Machlakis between two Tzadim and Gemara. It's not saying a to us because that's a, that's a temporary stage. It's a temporary stage because, like the Pasuk says, at the end of the day, Hashem is going to destroy both of them. The war is going to end with Hakadosh Baruch Hu sending Mashiach, which will, will be the real victor of the war. So this time, this time, at this stage, can we say this is Mechamas Kogamakogna? It hasn't fulfilled any of the factors yet. Could it develop into Kogamakog? Yes. If you have Malchus Miskaris Ubazor, people who are all getting involved and everyone's t- like taking sides in the thing, it's good. Let's see what happens. Either way around. But uh, the Buddha has said that putting your Shabbos clothes ready. Putting your Shabbos clothes ready, Mashiach's coming. So I said, if you want to wear your Shabbos clothes for a few weeks, okay. If you want to keep them fresh, maybe send them to the cleaners and keep them in the cover. It takes time. It's a process which might happen. You can follow it as it happens. We spoke today about what needs to happen to get there, but it's a process which can take time. But it doesn't make a difference because once this process is in motion, like we know from Chazal, it's not going to stop. Once, once Hashem has decided this is, this is the time now he's putting everything in place to bring that to that conclusion to bring the Gola so it's the process which can happen what does it expect from us? this is Pashat there's nothing to do to fight like it says in the positive, we're not going to fight Gog we're not going to fight Mogog we're not a factor the, the one thing which is definitely going to do is have Bitachim and it's again the Pesukim which are clear that uh, what's going to save Klai Yisrael Be'etzim is Hashem and therefore the only thing we can do in such a battle is have Bitachim that we can work on already now. Whether it, even if it hasn't yet affected us here in Eretz Yisrael or most places in the world, okay, maybe it will, maybe it won't. We can't say for sure this is going to be Gagimagog. But whatever it is, what we do know is that the Mahalach of what we need to do to, to survive the time of Gagimagog is the Bitachon. That's the Sposuch says Gaisha.